everybody and welcome to Reviews from Hell. I am your host AJ and I am joined tonight by my co-host Steve. Hello. And tonight we're going to be taking a look at Ty Rest new film X. Now Ty is obviously known for The Sacrament and The House of the Devil. And The Innkeepers. And The Innkeepers as well. Innkeepers is a big yeah. deal too. Yeah, don't sleep yeah. on The Innkeepers now. Now, with the innkeepers, I only thought the ending was worthwhile. Everything else. Oh, get out of here. That movie rules. It is an exercise in just like tension building in that set. I want to live there. I just want to go there and stay (laughs) forever. And now Ty is back with his. Just moving on. He's like, we're not even stopping there. (laughs) (laughs) He's back with his executive producer, Peter Folk, and they reteam with. X and I think this may be Ty's maybe best, maybe second best, depending how you rate this along the House of the Devil. I think because personally, I really love the House of the Devil, even though I know a lot of people have a big distaste for it. But who are those people? Because I don't want to be their friend if they have a distaste <laughs> for House of the Devil, because it's easily one of the best uh, movies in the past 10, 15 years. I, I agree, but there are some people online, you know, that are like, nothing really happens in this. <laughs> you can find people online to say just about anything. So put zero stock in those people because the House of the Devil is awesome, much like Ty West. You know, he's just one of those names. If I hear there's a new Ty West film coming out, boom, I'm there. And it had been a minute since we got a new horror film from him. He's been doing some a lot of TV. Uh, because the last film he did was... Uh, what was it? In a Valley of Violence? Yeah, the Western. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome, and it still feels. It was a good Betty Western, I thought. That's. Yeah, it's it's still it's still very much Ty West. Like it, yeah. it's it's uh, he's got a pretty big wheelhouse, and a lot of the stuff he's done on TV uh, has been very you know um, prolific, I guess as well. But it's been a, what was exciting from the get go for two reasons. When I first saw the X trailer. It just felt like a just a shotgun blast of fresh air. For one, it, did, yeah. it is total. It, it's it's a new Ty West horror film. He is an auteur, and it's been a minute since we got one, so we're excited for that. Two, A twenty four is on a hot streak, and this looks like something that could break them out of it's a mainstream audience. A preconceived box, though, it's not what you. When you think of A24, you think uh, deliberately paced, uh, dread, slow burns. To some people. A little more, um, uh, what some people call art house, you know, whatever. As Uh, I did yesterday, I called it kind of like the mirror match of this generation with how they do horror. Yeah, yeah, well. uh, Not catalog, but just how they treat you know, our tour, art house horror films. Like sure, yeah, well, they, they're like, well, we'll give you, I think, you know, it was kind of like, and when I think of Jason Blum and I think of the early, the earliest days the of early Blum House, House like the Oren Paley stuff, yeah. Or, yeah, or like Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem, where it was basically like Rob Zombie just come off this horrible experience with the Weinsteins, like everybody making those two Halloween movies, just Dimension, and Jason Blum is there, like, okay, here, I got another plan. You get creative. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He says, We give you the 
Look it up if you need to. But Blum says we we give you the money, you keep the creative freedom, but we the budget's going to be a lot smaller than you're used to. But you do what you want to do. We want you to do what you want to do. You know, so they all you know it's it's this whole idea with A twenty four as well that it is auteur driven cinema, which in an IP age we don't get enough of um sometimes so or we do get plenty of but there just seems to be especially in theater there is a ip driven kind of from the big oh, studio okay so jason blum did do you didn't hear a word i said for five minutes because he was trying to prove me wrong <laughs> i was i was like no that movie's too good to be jason blum and oh stop that that's not true some of the best <laughs> horror movies are the, to get out of here with that Crap. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, but yeah, so with Ty West, you get those two things. It's a new H24 film that looks exciting and fresh from a studio that you expect that from, but it looks something new. And you get the first Ty West film in years, first Ty West yes. horror film. And that's years. what got me excited for it, too. Even though A24's logo is one of the few logos that's around right now, that if they're attached to anything, I'm excited to see it. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm really distribution company. I mean, a production. uh, I think they more kind of go scout for films and distribute them more than anything else, especially at this point. Uh, But no, I, 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 yeah, they've got a great track record, and they're one of the studios. You know, I can think of several in the game right now that when I see it, I am interested. And um, yeah, so, you, you know, everybody has their kind of thing. You know, a lot of people get excited when they see a Marvel logo, and, you know, I'll get excited. Yeah. We'll get excited when we see that, or like uh, little uh, Yellow Veil pictures. Or I know, really get excited when I see Yellow Veil, or even now, Dark Star pictures is something I get excited Who for. Who was that? Uh, Dark Star pictures. Oh, Dark Star's cool. Yeah. It's so, uh, Very Spectre new one I get excited for, too. Yeah, Spectre Vision's great. Don't, don't yeah, say Spectre the- Vision, yeah. Everybody yeah, seems to forget Spectre Vision, but they're... Oh, not in this house. Not in this yeah. house. That's, they're that's on board with uh, A24 and Blumhouse, I think. Yeah, they're great. Awesome. They're like yeah, right Daniel there Wood. on the spectrum. Daniel Noon and Elijah Wood, and, they're, and they're, their podcast through Shudder was awesome, too. If anybody's looking for a good podcast... Oh, um, really? Yeah, I have to look that up. Visitations. And what they do is they go and they like interview Guillermo del Toro and Lily uh, Almanpour and, they, and John Landis. There's a lot of them. And they talk to them. Oh, that John Landis one would be fun with those two. That's the very last one. And I think that Elijah Wood and maybe Daniel know too. They seem to be friendly, like they're they they are are uh, that they know each other. So um, yeah, I know that he's got some kids, so I, they're probably the same age. But anyway, um, so yeah, going into the Ty West movie, it's really exciting for a couple of different reasons, and. I really, you know, and it has this kind of feel of, God forbid anybody compare something to Rob Zombie, but I don't know why. Rob Zombie's a great director. I don't know why. I think people just hate him just because he's Rob Zombie. It really really does seem to be insane. Uh, Yeah, it's like he makes movies that he wants to make uh, with the woman he loves, and and it's like everybody... I even enjoyed 31 when that came out. I watched that again recently, and I'll tell you what. It was better the second time, I think. Everything with Richard Brake rules that's the movie that made me a diehard richard bray guy because doomhead is scary and fun and he's so mean and cool but he's not in the movie long enough and some parts of the movie it's not his best work but i still like it um i just uh yeah after lords of salem i kind of wanted him to keep going in that direction he's got that little art house period with halloween 2 and um lords of salem which are great it's a great double feature with all the surrealism yeah 
anyway, uh, so um, it looks like the Devil's Rejects. It harkens back to that. And, of course, immediately. And it has the homage to, you know, 70s porn, like John Holmes and stuff sure. like that. Which I heard a lot of people say it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Boogie Nights. Uh, you know, when I saw the trailer and I went to the press screening for uh, the Batman, we were all talking about X coming out. Yeah. And I did say this. It kind of did look like Texas Chainsaw Massacre if it was self-rare. Kind of like the Scream franchise. Oh, it's, de it's from definitely. From the trailer. From the trailer, that's what I got. Well, there's definitely a lot that is very much calling out to Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the film. I mean, there's a lot of things, and there's a lot of misdirection maybe used in that way, too, without spoiling anything. Uh, I don't know if we want to do spoilers or we don't want to do spoilers. I mean, we can. It's been a, sure. a couple of weeks, you know, well, and if people don't want to listen, it'll probably be on videos on Mand in two to three weeks anyway. Yeah, yeah, they've already announced the Blu-ray. It's coming out right around my birthday time. Yeah, uh, May 24th, yeah. Hopefully somebody gets it for me. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so going into the movie, you have that in your head. And, you know, it's and the thing is, is with with the sex, we don't get that much sex at the movies anymore. We, we really we, don't know because everybody's kind of seems to shy away from it. There's a great uh, essay you should read. And I, I wish I remembered the author's name, uh, but she wrote this piece called Everybody's... Um, everybody's pretty and no one's horny or everybody's beautiful and no one's horny. And it's talking about in the MCU age and the post Marvel age that we are in this IP driven age, there's no sex in Hollywood hardly at all anymore. I right, think because parents want to take their kids to it and they don't want to have that conversation. And when we were kids, well, me, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you. When I was seven, I remember being on a vacation just to let people know how different things are. When I was on vacation at Disney world, when I was seven, we all, this is 1992, we left the park one day to go see the opening day of Tim Burton's Batman Returns. You told me about this story, yeah. Yeah, and that movie had Happy Meals, that movie had toys, that movie was marketed, even though if you watched the one before that, Batman, not there a kid. There was like movie. no marketing for that. Not, not a, yeah, right, they didn't know what they really had, you know, I mean, but uh, it was a huge, it was like the biggest movie ever, but um yeah, it wasn't a kid's movie either. I always thought it was weird that Tim Burton was called a kid's movie director. When I was a little kid, we would watch these movies like Beetlejuice, and Beetlejuice, by any standard today, would be rated R, but it's rated PG. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited about a new Beetlejuice movie, though. That could be really cool. And it's um, being produced under Brad Pitt's banner, I think, which is Plan exciting, B, which is yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, I want to hear that Burton is coming back to direct it. And then I, it's not that I won't be excited because I think there's got to be other people that could do cool takes on that. But I think that if he wants it, I hope they give him first pass. Or he, maybe he doesn't want to direct it, but he uh, produces it. Yeah. Maybe co-write the script and produce. I'd be, like, totally cool with that. But it, um, but but with X, so with X, I mean, you go into X and talking about how there's no sex on cinema anymore, right? We don't. I'm not used to sitting in a big screen lately and seeing that much sex. And there, there's a yeah, lot of sex, in, sex too. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's, and I thought, um, and so the movie really is in a lot of ways in, in some way it is about sex, obviously. And that narratively yeah. functions they're making. And that's what I think a lot of a 24 I'm not dropping any knowledge by saying that. I don't think. And I think that's what a lot of a 24 naysayers might enjoy there being another subplot before you get to the final act in this film because they have the subplot with those pornography makers and the filmmaker that 
kind of lead up to the third and final act. Mm-hmm. When in a typical A24, there's not a, not a there's not a whole subplot. It's just building it's and building, and build, build and build yeah. and build and crank that dread. Right. This is not really like that. Although it does sustain for a long time before the vile, the the shit hits the fan. But it's all the better for it because the characters are all. Um, awesomely written, full-fledged human beings, and the performances are fucking awesome. Like, you've got Brittany Snow is fantastic. Yeah, and I forgot how much I missed Brittany Snow. Like, who knew? I I did not know. Uh, it's so cool to see that they're actually that there's that there are, I mean, I know things aren't far from perfect, uh, but that, that there's more uh, better roles, I think, in some respects, for women uh, in the industry today. And uh, in the industry today, Ugh. but you know what I mean. In <laughs> movies, I think that it's it's definitely not where it should be, but it's getting better. And seeing somebody like Brittany Snow come out, and it's like, well, it, obviously she never had this kind of material to work with before, and she just and Jenna Ortega as well. And Jenna Ortega is the new Scream Queen after she's Scream, and, this, and she's going to be Wednesday Adams, man. I mean, it's like that's boom. so exciting, yeah. Yeah, and her scream in this puts her in that scream that they put in the trailer, that blah scream that she gives in the basement, that is Academy Award like of Scream Queen Hall of Fame. That is up there, man. That is and just the way she goes out in that movie. I saw that coming because she couldn't calm down. That's all I'm gonna say. I just was like, oh god. Yeah, I saw a lot of the kills coming per se, but they were still fun along the way. Well, a total here's, blast. Here's the thing, too. When you care about the characters, and you got the guy that was in the Evil Dead movie with Fidel Alvarez. I can't think of his name, but he was in the, I think he was in the Thumbsucker way back in the day, which I loved. A very cool indie comedy, if you haven't seen that. But the guy that plays the, the director of the film uh, with the glasses and stuff, Jenna Ortega's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's the character I kind of, that's the second character I enjoyed the least. And well, I, he's kind of an asshole. You're supposed yeah. to think he's a pretentious hack because he is, you know. And but I mean, <laughs> it's like know, he's trying to be the Cohen brothers or something. Yeah, like, you get to have all these. Time, yeah. yeah, yeah, you get to have all these like cringy moments of like, no, it's art. And then he goes and on. Then and when he wanted to join in, he was like, uh, "Hell well, no!" It kind, man. Of, it kind of, it kind of, uh, um, yeah, totally. And, and you know, that's the whole point. Uh, with him, I think is that like what a uh, hypocrite he is. Because yeah. he, as soon as it's like his girlfriend wants to have some sexual liberation and you know and do the do the film, he's suddenly you know Mister Down, yeah, Mister Conservative all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> and so he's one of those guys that it's like you know uh, he just doesn't really have any principles. Uh, um, so. It takes some swipe at pretentious film bros, which I always have fun with, with that character. And I think Scream <laughs> also did that, took a bunch of swipes with who the killers turned out to be at pretentious film bros. And so it's a good scene. As well as uh, the film's producer, the, porn- the pornography film's producer was a total asshole. Oh, but, the guy that did the, the Texan guy with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he but was. I thought he, his, uh, the guy playing him, I have his name written down. Uh, Martin, Martin Henderson. Henderson. Martin yeah, I Henderson. thought he tried to play it too much like Matthew McConaughey in that. Oh, you didn't like it? I, thought I it did not funny. like his performance I at all. That. I thought he nailed it. Ty West was talking about him. He talked. I heard him on an interview with um, the Fangoria's All the Colors of the Dark, which I suggest you go listen to it, but wait till after you see the movie. Um, uh, they recommend that, so sure, I'll pass it along. But Martin Henderson came in, and Ty West said everybody else that tried out for that part would come in with, like, 
some gold chains or like try to act kind of like some kind of a pimp or something in some way. And he came in and he said the vibe that he wanted that guy to have and being from Logan, West Virginia, I remember these guys was like a football coach was like, he was like right. the coach. Yeah. And I was like, like yes, night, that, right. is, yeah. that is like the manager of the uh, JV football team. <laughs> Following you around all the time, rah rah, and you keeping shit together. And, and I liked how it didn't play him like an asshole because normally that character would be paper thin and kind of gross, and he's not. Once again, these characters are layered. They all have a they all have a belief and are chasing the American dream, and which is also kind of what it's about. Which I think that's where it kind of rubs shoulders with Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. the most in terms of thematically speaking. Um, about how full, especially with a uh, kid Cuddy's character in this too. Oh, the kid Cuddy's character—he—he's uh, the best in this movie besides me and Goth and General Ortega. I think great. he was—he was. I great. think he's the, I think he's the top best. three of this film because everybody I was think. so good. I think everybody was so good. So it's hard for me to say best, but he was but amazingly cool. Kid Cuddy really stole the show, in my opinion. What's he, his name is Scott Mendusco. Mm Miss Muscuddy, I think I don't know. No, how to uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's awesome, and he's he spills the world over his yeah. And uh, no, and just his whole arc was awesome, and the whole I thought that his well, the kill scene, the scene when he goes down by the lake with the old racist guy, I screamed. I went whoa in the theater when that shotgun went off. I just ah, that was huge. We got to put a spoiler warning on this one because I feel bad. Um, but yeah, once the viol and the thing is, we don't talk about sex, and the way this movie talks about sex is even a double way. It adds another whole layer of well, if we do talk about sex in movies, we must talk about your grandparents having sex as it's well. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful sanitized sex with say someone that looks like <laughs> Maxine, played by Mia Goth. Right? It's not old people. It's severely old people who are not, uh, they don't live up to any sort of standard of beauty or sex appeal that's sold to us through the media. And we don't talk about seniors having sex. Guess what? Old people this movie die. does. <laughs> this movie does. And thank fuck for it because I was genuinely moved. There's a lot of stuff about alienation in this movie. A lot of stuff oh, yeah. about life's regrets and just about how, how how the the how life can leave us feeling bitter and alone and confused and just about how we discard uh, older people and um, it, it especially also older poor people and so it's it's just there's all this stuff about that that just really moved me and I found myself moved and I couldn't believe it watching the movie multiple times I was actually moved emotionally you know I wasn't just scared I wasn't like laughing but I was genuinely like really appreciating what they were saying in the moment and it made it that much scarier like all so then you also feel for Pearl you know you, you yeah, can't you really do, yeah you really do and so it makes it that much more complicated so then once it ratchets up you're just terrified like i i didn't want any of those people to die including pearl maybe your husband he was the only one that you're like yeah i don't you know <laughs> but um uh yeah i just you know I, I i it's got so many cool moments in it too like visual i keep thinking of that alligator the first time you see the alligator that was so with the swimming right 
yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah. yeah when, when Maxine goes and goes swimming, and and they're making a movie. There's all this just stuff about culture clash, and I like how they kind of psych you out the whole time and make you think that it's about religion, like a a worse script would be, or just not a worse script, but just something that has been done before already. Probably it's almost like a dogma and red state kind of thing. The way yeah. you think you're watching it. Like, okay, I've seen this movie a million times before. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally a red herring. And it's just to, to you know, you feel like you've seen it before. Really, it doesn't mean shit. It's not what it's about. It's about something more real. It's about something more complex and human, which makes it that much fucking scarier. Um, and I haven't seen as much backlash that I thought I would on this movie because anytime now, if a movie comes out, a, hor- a horror movie especially, and we all love it, then immediately there's a group of people that has a ton of backlash, especially if it has a lot of sexual content. Like this oh, movie. try to hate it. Yeah, well, there's it's because Americans have a very prudish, weird relationship with sex. We love it, but we don't like talking about it, you know? You know, people love to, men love to watch porn and love to call women whores, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just Americans have a very different view of sex than, than Europe does. Uh, uh, we have a much more comfortable. Is that spoken from experience, Steve? <laughs> no comment. We have a much, much. Uh, is there a glory hole in your house? Oh, oh, this is a family show. This is a family show. Uh <laughs> There's, I, mean, I uh, had Mojo Nixon on infamous interviews. This is no longer a family show. <laughs> you can't keep a family with Mojo. Well, it should. It's just a different kind of family. Yeah, and <laughs> all kinds of families out there. But um, no, no glory hole in my house. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> this just went right off the rails. This is, we're off the rails now, but yeah, let's bring it back. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Bring it back to X and A24 and sex. And so, yeah, you get the, 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 and it's a movie. I love movies about filmmaking, right? And I don't mean, I mean like something like One Cut of the Dead or Ed Wood, where in the movie, it's just about making a movie part of it. And that, you get this in that too. And so people can. Like you would even put uh, Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny in one of those categories, couldn't you? A movie about filmmaking? Are they making a movie in that movie? Or they're they're trying to make a movie about themselves in that. Oh, movie. they are. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't even remember. I only saw it like once. But yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and it gets, yeah, I'm talking about movies like Ed Wood, you know, where it goes into detail. And so what it does is cool movies like this, like X and Ed Wood, and what's the other one I said? Oh, One Cut of the Dead. Um, they give the audience a little peek behind the curtain of movie magic. And you can see what it's like being on a set every day and making something. And uh, I think that's fucking cool. And I eat shit like that up because I, you know, am uh, um, just at the very least a professed movie geek. So, um, right. Yeah. Anything like that, any movies like that that are about the filmmaking process are really cool. Like that new show that's coming out, The Offer is very, in some ways, going to be about, you know, not all of it, yeah. but there will be life on a set in that movie, which, yeah, is, is always it's awesome. Cool, yeah. And it has Miles Teller and Juno Temple, which is a plus. Yep, yep. Miles Teller actually took over for uh, Army Hammer on that. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because it was going to be a movie. It was uh, going to be a movie at first, wasn't it? Uh, no, I, th- I always remembered it as Paramount Plus. If you're thinking of something else, 
Army Hammer also lost a movie around the same time. So you may be, excuse me. Okay, I may be confused. Is he, I, something called like Shotgun Blues or Shotgun Something with Jennifer Lopez, he also lost. Like right in the in the wake of the bizarrest uh story yeah. ever. <laughs> just the whole cannibal stuff. It was like, oh, yeah. Um, Jesus. Army fucking hammer. Um, uh, I did see Death on the Nile. They do their best to pretend it's not in the movie. Yeah, I didn't notice that. When... The trailers were hilarious. They did their best to just be like, he's not here. He's one of the stars. But yeah, I think that did kind of sink that movie. I think people are very, dis they have a distaste of him because of all that, to say the very least. I think his studio days are over. Yeah, but, you know, X is not that bad of a film. <laughs> X? Oh, no, X is a great film. X is X is fantastic. No, 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 you don't have an Army Hammer problem in X. Um, but also, too, this sets up a whole thing where we're going to get a... Um, and there's also the surprise revelation in the movie about the... Well, I'll just... I thought that was really cool at the very end, too. My girlfriend noticed it first when we were watching it. And well, I, I had thought, no clue. No clue. I Even after thought, you were texting me after I saw it, I still had no clue. See, uh, that's how most people are. They're like, wait, what? But she looked and I said, you're right. Because I thought something was weird about their mannerisms were similar. And I was like really similar. And so the thought was like right there, but it got fully formed to her first. And so she was just like. I, kind of, I told you my thought. I was like, is Pearl having flashbacks or something that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Um, in a perfect world, Mia Goth would already have Oscar buzz for this, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But, like, the Oscars don't mean shit, especially now. No, they're uh, what a dog and pony show. They've always has been. Well, I do I think... Going back they, to when Marlon Brando won his Oscar. I think they used to mean something. I honestly do. I think, but, like, in the, in the early days, they meant a whole lot. I actually think that, I mean, and the thing is, it used to be a big event. Like, it used I think post 90s event. is when it stopped meaning a lot. And it's, but it's just, as somebody that's watched it every year, right? In the past few years, it has even gotten like just especially worse. Like, especially worse. It may be like a slow, steady decline since the 90s. I think you're right. Um, but recently, I'm talking about just in the past four years, each one is just like boom. Boom, boom, to where you're like, like it goes down in quality. How could this get any worse at this point? I in can't popularity imagine. contest is kind of, you know, I'm surprised Fast and the Furious hasn't gotten nominated yet. I, I think that that whole Oscar Twitter poll shit was so lame. I'm just going to tell mean, you. I mean, that killed it um, forever. So lame. Say, and yeah. the thing is, it's just annoying because, you know, everybody knows that the Snyder army on Twitter they're it's gonna win, win that. Yeah, they're gonna win that every time because that's what they do. They got a move. They got Warner Brothers to begrudgingly release a film because of their Twitter antics. They can handle a fan poll that allows you to vote up to twenty times a day. I saw, by the way, twenty times a day. Yeah, to, yeah. That's Snyder's one. I haven't that. been on uh, Twitter in a few months, probably. I, I like Twitter a lot. I know you don't, but um, uh, I, I spend too much time on it. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, uh, so I'm trying to think of anything else that really stuck out. Like, I, I, the alligator sequence I always think of makes me smile. Um, yeah. The, just and the, the sermon, the way they use the sermon throughout the film. That's what I was talking about. It's a nice, like, red herring, but it, it kind of, like, 
just it just sets the scene. And when you know? she, you know, and then it hit me. But when she kept saying that line from the sermon later on, I was like, "Wait a minute," because you know oh, yeah. she will not uh, stay in the life she does not deserve. Or what was that line? Oh, I can't remember. I yeah, you you know better than I am. That's not right to me. Oh no, I'm just guessing. Yeah. But no, I mean it's it's very scary and it's effective and um, scary. And there's yeah. quite a bit of comedy in this too. I think. Oh yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, it's just full fledged people, and there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of times. It doesn't reading. feel forced as well, like a lot of horror movies. No, it's well written. Like I mean, Ty West I mean, is a great stuff, writer. Yeah. His characters, just like in House of the Devil, like you root for these people and the innkeepers, I, I, at least I did get caught up in the relationship between them and that really sold the film for me. I was engaged the whole time. And the innkeepers is very much a film that goes till the end in, in ranching up tension and giving you a few yeah. boom booms along the way. But it is Whatever all, say, Steve. it is one <laughs> long tension build, you know? And, and so that one especially... But man, the way he moves that camera in that movie and that set that setting, I could hang out there for days. You know, I love in the innkeepers. This they did have excellent production design in that. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that movie. I really, I think that I think that his movies. I think that that I would have said that's his best movie until now. I would put the Sacrament in third place, and I would put House. I probably of would too. Yeah. yeah, but now I think X is his most accomplished work. I think it's very. I do cool. think I do think it's his most polished and mature work that he's I done. Too. It just seems like it, I, this I, is I think crazy, it's, right? Because how good the House of the Devil is. Yeah, and that was his. I don't know if that was his first first film or not, but it's the first one I remember. The first one I saw. I think people consider that his first kind of big film, at least. But it may have been his first full feature. Period. Um, but I, I, you know, I remember him hanging out with that whole collective that started out. It was like Adam Wingard and all those guys, yeah. Joe Swanberg. I remember Ty West had a small role in Your Next as an actor. Yeah. He was the guy with the scarf that gets it with the arrow at the table. He dies really early on. He's one of the brothers that doesn't make it very long. But uh, I just, I, I really, th those guys were very exciting when they came out. And I, I still, when I hear those guys, um, they're all still working and doing different cool stuff and i think that ty west is is one of the best american filmmakers out there yeah especially um, in independent horror i think yeah oh yeah he's one of those names that just like i said well i'll go it's oh well there's a new ty west movie that's all i need to know i'll be there yeah so do you want to get into the well you i guess you discussed it already that me and goth plays both um i didn't that, know if you were uh, yeah yeah me and goth was, plays so Go ahead, go ahead. So uh, Mia Goth uh, plays Maxine, who is the star, a very like kind of precocious and very um, driven kind of girl. Linda Lovelace. Kind yeah, she just had that kind of all-American porn girl next door feel of the seventies, and she, uh, but she, she, and she's she's smart, she's sexy. Um, and she is kind of the center of this movie is Maxine. And so opposed the complete opposite of that. Right. And she's the lead star also of the lead actress in the adult film they're making the porno they're making the farmer's daughters. And so, well, her and Brittany know both, but you know, they're, you know, so then there's Pearl who is the old lady in the film 
Also, and this is heavy spoilers. Stop here if you don't want to know. We've already said too much. Pearl is is the one. Her and her husband both going around killing people because she she just she snaps kind of. She has. A, we don't know if she snaps. We don't know that much. I think that she's probably done stuff I, like this before. Yeah, but, uh, before. I think her husband said, "Have you got out again?" Yeah. Yeah. So she is a serial killer, I guess, and she's also um, just feeling lonely and old and, and forgotten and not touched and she wants to have sex and she wants to feel love and she wants to feel wanted and attractive and she wants to get off all those things that humans want that we don't talk about that are uncomfortable especially with seniors and Mia Goth plays both of them so you get all this beautiful young woman uh and uh, having sex on film within the film that also is mostly drawn toward a male kind of you know straight male gaze obviously and then you have Pearl having actual sex, coming on to people, having her own kind of agency in a way. And she, uh, I, that may be too far. I don't know if she does. I guess, yeah, it's, she's kind of liberating herself in her own way through murder and mayhem and, 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 and a sexual kind of uh, awakening. And it all gets tangled up and it's all bloody and crazy. And it just brings up all these kind of feelings and, and, and uh, um, ideas that we don't see that are uncomfortable that make us think about. I mean, I thought about this movie for days and the ideas behind it after I saw it. I, I still did, I was it. frustrated with myself. I didn't stay after the credits because I'm like, oh. it's not a Marvel or a comic book film. I don't need to stay. Right, right. I don't need to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So, uh, You've seen the trailer since then, though, right? Did you look it up on YouTube? It's not there? Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's a trailer. It's not well, out I got that, yeah. <laughs> they have, but he hasn't put that on YouTube or anything yet? Oh, that not does that suck. It looks crazy as shit. Yeah, it looks crazy. Because, you know, she showed her the picture of Pearl on the wall. And it just, it goes, it, it, the beginning of the trailer goes back in time to either the twenties or the thirties and that's, it takes place there and she's young Pearl. That's, but the trailer is crazy. <laughs> I'm not giving anything really away other than the basic, basic like window dressing. So awesome. I'm excited for it already. Sounds amazing. So Absolutely. go see it. <laughs> What's your final verdict on X? Oh, five out of five. X. I think I would. I think I'd agree. I think X is almost like ecstasy on screen. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think that. Oh, I like that, buddy. I think <laughs> a pull quote, but uh, X is pure ecstasy on the big screen. <laughs> go um, see it. Yeah. Two thumbs up from Ebert and Siskel. Let's all go to the <laughs> lobby. I like Thin Mints. <laughs> um, four out of five um, would be Hellbender, right? And that's one of the best movies I saw this year. I thought Scream was a solid four out of five. I've seen a few things that I thought were really, really great, but nothing that was this, this good. And it is that good. Um, so go see it. Go like, see I it do again. want to see it again, but then again, I just pre-ordered the Blu-ray on Amazon. Yeah, so. yeah I got to get that Blu-ray. I got to do that when we get off here. That's what I'm going to go do is pre-order that thing. Because it's awesome. Right. Well, everybody have a good night. This has been Reviews from Hell on Infamous Horrors. Go watch some horror.